0: that don't go after something because they're so afraid of failing that you're going to live with a lot more regret than you would have if you tried and you failed. And I'm very passionate about that. Um, and I think the reason that a lot of people don't go after things is because um, how much you will be criticized. And what if I fall flat on my face? And so fear and doubt and all these things creep in. And um, I just don't believe that's the healthiest way to live. I don't want to have to live with fear or doubt every day. And you know, regardless of what everyone here says about me, that doesn't define me. My goodness, says Tim Tebow have me ready to run through every wall in sight. My God. Now, when P- when Tim Tebow steps up to the podium, people listen. And rightfully so. I am incredibly moved by that speech from Tim Tebow. As like I said, ready to run through any wall in sight. But while we're on the subject of baseball stars, uh, shout out Tim Tebow, though. Really hope you make it to the Majors, bud. Anyways, on the topic of baseball... Manny Machado signed a 10-year, $300 million contract with the San Diego Padres. Ending a lot of speculation. Not one of the original favorites to sign Manny Machado. And it's been a tough winter for Major League Baseball. I mean, you lose Kyler Murray to the NFL, so the NFL beat you there. Uh, This free uh, free agency period, excuse me. Has been so goddamn boring. I mean, the two biggest stars had one. The first one signed today. Just pitchers and catchers have already reported. Bryce Harper still on the market. Uh, and, and when Machado does sign, he goes to the San Diego Padres. You couldn't name a more boring spot to be. I mean, at least Chicago—it's a sports city. It's not the Cubs, but it's still a sports city. But. The San Diego Padres? Yuck. I mean, good for the Padres. It'll definitely fill, it'll definitely put asses in the seats. It's definitely going to make you some money. It's definitely a good financial decision. I mean, Machado's a great ball player. Uh, He obviously has had some character issues uh, along his uh, Major League career. Undoubtedly, there has had a lot of character issues. But he still is a very good baseball player. So it's, it's a good ad. I don't, there's no way, I just a 10-year contract. Just an incredible number, 10 years of, I mean, do we not learn from the Albert Pujols contract that that might not be the best idea? I mean, that's a lot of time to to think that you're, you're guaranteeing 30 million a year to this guy to to give you that kind of production. I mean, he is only 26 years old, but still a lot can go wrong in 10 years. It, it, it's a decade. I mean, there'll be two president, there'll be two presidential elections in the time in which he's under contract. So think of the turmoil that goes on through those. Think of what can happen to a, a professional athlete's career. Just some things that are so minor that can add up. So just incredible for someone to be handed ten, a ten-year contract. Anyways, again, even after pools and a lot of guys have struggled with these big deals, but it has been an absolute snooze fest in the off-season. I mean, incredible. And Bryce Harper, odds are, which would really, I mean, if Bryce Harper doesn't end up with the Yankees, it isn't, I mean, doesn't go, I mean, the Phillies are really a contender, but no one's really seeing him as much. I mean, if, if you needed one of those guys to, go to the Yankees, at least spice up the offseason, because it's been so dead because these guys haven't been signing to create any value for anyone. It's really been a boring offseason so far. And then, like I said, of course, losing Kyler Murray to the NFL. It has not been a great season for the uh, offseason for Major League Baseball as a whole. And then the commissioner brought up the whole pitch count thing. And that was a whole mess. And that was negatively received. So it has been a mess for Major League Baseball. And odds are, I think personally, I think Bryce Harper might might, might settle for a one-year deal with the Nationals. Just go back there. And go back and really have like one of those prove it seasons for the Washington Nationals. That he deserves even more than that. I mean, he still very well could sign a very long-term, expensive deal. But I, I, I have this gut feeling that Bryce Harper wants, to pers- wants more. Thinks he's deserving of more. And I think he's more of a guy to bet on himself than Machado is. I think he may sign a one-year deal and just really bet on himself somewhere. Maybe even with a contender. Who knows? But I think Bryce Harper really wants to prove himself and prove himself to be the most expensive and most worthy of it uh, baseball player in all of the lands until Mookie Betts is, signs his contract and a few to come. So, the snooze fest that is Major League Baseball, we move on to Liverpool and Bayern Munich playing to a nothing nothing draw at Liverpool, at Anfield. So, speaking of boring, nothing nothing. No goals, but it was still an exciting game nonetheless. It's not as bad as it seems when you see the nothing-nothing scoreline. A lot of missed opportunities, so it was exciting. More disappointing than boring would be the word I'd use for this game. Um, a lot of missed opportunities uh, both ways. But it's not as bad as it seems for Liverpool to have that home result. So I think the big thing you can look at is that Bayern didn't get any away goals. There's no away goals aggregate advantage to Bayern Munich right now. In this nothing-nothing game. Which would mean... It would allow Liverpool to... Draw 1-1 on the road with, with Bayern. At the Allianz Arena. And still come out on top. Due to away goals aggregate. So... I think it's... Not the most positive result. Obviously the most positive result for Liverpool would have been a win. But... I think... It's a pretty big positive in the sense that... Bayern didn't get any away goals. And you can pull away on that advantage in the second match. So... Liverpool definitely going to be able to do some damage in that second leg. Just a few more opportunities. Um, it must hurt to be an Arsenal fan and, and watch Serge Nabry just play as well as he has. He is able to cut in from that right side so well, either foot, it just really, really cause problems for the back lines. Uh, whether it be crossing, shooting, it doesn't matter. Nabry was really able to do it all in that game. So it must really sting for Arsenal fans to know that they let him go at such a low price and what he production he's been able to output for Bayern Munich, the Super Club of Germany. And I guess also another positive for Liverpool is to Jurgen Klopp, pretty familiar with, with Bayern. I mean, no, it's not. Obviously, the managers have changed. But he's pretty similar with the way those guys play. A lot of the same players there from his tenure at Borussia Dortmund. So Klopp is definitely similar with the scenery, similar and familiar with traveling to the Allianz and having to go in there. I'm not saying Liverpool going to dominate, but I I can see Liverpool going 1-1, uh, 2-1, one of those deals. Because Joel Matip is the most, it just it's so scary to watch him defend back there. Joel Matip has just, it was so scary to watch in that game. So, to get some more consistency out of Lovren back there, rather than Matt's it would be great. The fullback play was outstanding. Uh, Liverpool, what Van Dijk's been able to do for that defense has been outstanding. So, I think Liverpool can hold it to a low-scoring second affair. And, like I said, can pull that advantage on the away goals aggregate because of their ability to hold Bayern to no goals at Anfield. Just a couple of chances away. I'd like to see Salah kind of bag a couple more. Mane had a ton of chances, was a nuisance to the back line for Bayern Munich, but just could not get any of them to fall. Uh, a little selfish today, but really, really productive output for the most part from Saudi Mane. Navi Keita, almost biking a goal in. He was very, very good today uh, against the familiar uh, Bundesliga side, having just come over from RB Leipzig. So, I for the most part of the season where Keita has been seen as a bust, he's been seen as a flop. He really showed up big in the Champions League round of 16 game here against Bayern. Was very, very impressed with Keita as well as the veteran Jordan Henderson. Klopp opted for the veteran to start in the midfield and he did impress a lot of his... His long passing is really just one of his... is his absolute strength. That is the thing he does best on a soccer pitch. And... He, again, did it today. Almost finding Salah for a beautiful goal. So Hendo wearing that armband. They he went with the Klopp went with a veteran in the middle, and he produced very, very, very well today. So I'm excited to see the second leg. Um, I'm hoping they can they can make they can up the form a little bit because they are going to. They were a little lucky today. They were a little lucky, but at the same time, uh, Byron's lucky that a lot of the chances that Liverpool didn't finish. You know. Even more of those weren't, opportunities weren't there. So if those opportunities are still there in that second time around at Bayern, I think Liverpool can definitely, definitely get it done. Get off, get that first goal at Bayern, go up one nothing, put the pressure on Bayern, and I think Liverpool can run to the Champions League quarterfinals when it's all said and done. Now, moving on to the NBA all-Star Weekend, which is an absolute snooze fest. A lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of boringness going down in, in sports. Um, but I've never really understood, like, All-Star Weekend's wrong. I get, like, you need to honor these guys. But, like, none of them really holding any value, the Pro Bowl, anything like that. Like, it's just really, I don't know. I, I really just don't get a kick out of them. I, I just I just see them as pointless and just really, really risky in terms of injury and everything. But, I mean, hey, it's product to sell in these really, really big leagues in the big markets. Um, it's really just a tampering fest, which you know doesn't exist because they don't have to publicly come out and say anything. They can just do it privately. So uh, a lot of people in the media believing Kyrie was making his connection with Kevin Durant to come to New York in the off-season, assuming both opt out of their contracts to go to New York, both having the player option this year. Um, and I just don't, and I don't see it. What I do see, though, is is Kyrie making the pitch to Kevin Durant to come to Boston. I mean, Kevin Durant, we obviously was wanting to sign, we opted to sign with Golden State for the two years, but the Celtics were one of his final teams he was looking at when he did decide to sign with Golden State. Arguably the best player in the world right now, Kevin Durant. And people are saying that oh, he can, he, he'll, it'll make his legacy even better if he goes and wins with the Knicks or if he stays with the Warriors. You know how you really make your legacy even better? You come to Boston, the most critical media city in the world. I mean, people at Oklahoma City got under his skin. You come to Boston, uh, we can really, really get under your skin. Ask David Price. Ask Edgar Renteria. There's plenty of guys that the media, we as fans, have run out of town for lack of production. I don't think Kevin Durant's not going to produce. I mean, even Kyrie now has received a lot of heat. A lot of guys are receiving a lot of heat. for just Even the, like, the little things he's doing now. I mean, I've given Kyrie some shit. I've given Brad Stevens some shit. It, it, the, I'm sure the other people within the media, it, it's countless the, the amount, amount of crap they've been given. So, Durant could really make his legacy if he went to the toughest media city in the world. You know, won the East, went through, and then defeated this super team that the Warriors have together. If it was all it stayed together, all said and done, if Clay Thompson stayed as well. It would definitely be interesting to see. Now, as a Celtics fan, obviously, I'm a homer. You want to add a little spice to it. You add Kevin Durant to the mix as a free agent, you don't have to give up anything for him. And you can still trade away the Jalen Browns of the world and the Terry Rosieres of the world for Anthony Davis. I don't think by any means will Danny Ainge give up Jason Tatum. Uh, I think it'd be, I think Jason Tatum is going to be an absolute stud for the next 15 years in the NBA. An absolute steal to get him at three, trade down for Markel Fultz and get Jason Tatum Such a pleasure to watch play basketball. Incredible space creator. Able to create so many of his own shots. So creative in that sense. But to think of a starting five with um, Al Horford, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie Irving. Now that is scary. I mean, that is absolutely petrifying. Or you could go Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, uh, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving. There's a couple of different routes you can go, but you could definitely open it up if you were able to add Anthony Davis via trade and not give up Jason Tatum. Even if you had to give up Jason Tatum, if you add Durant through free agency, it's still an absolutely incredible lineup to come up against. An incredible starting five with probably still a good amount of depth to add off the bench. Because I don't see Hayward going anywhere, not for the contract he has. It's going to be, you're going to have to eat a lot of that contract and get rid of him. And the Celtics I think after the break it you know as they usually do most likely go ahead and catch fire down the stretch here. And if they don't, Danny Ainge has doubled down to say he wants Kyrie in Boston. Imagine that, you know, imagine thinking like Kyrie doesn't belong, it doesn't fit the system. Now Kyrie may not fit this team that they have now, Steven system with this specific team, this specific squad. Because there's not as much hero ball involved. It's it's really, really spreading the wealth because of how much talent they have on the court. Maybe Kyrie doesn't fit in that. Are the Celtics a better franchise without Kyrie? Not a chance. Are they a better team right now without Kyrie on the court? Now that might be a possibility. Just because of the style that Kyrie plays. So, as a franchise, all together, for the future, it'd be... Absolutely insane to say that they're better off without Kyrie. I don't think they are. I think you can get value for the young guys that you have around him right now that may be making it difficult for him to succeed in the way he wants to play and needs to play. And you can get an Anthony Davis or a Kevin Durant and allow them to play the brand of basketball that is, has basically branded the NBA at this point and allow them to do their thing. I mean, they're both Team USA. They're All, all of them are Team USA teammates. They've traveled to the Olympics together for probably the past two Olympics. I think even Kyrie, after he came out of college, his freshman year, he did play at the Olympics. I'm pretty sure, because Coach K obviously being the team USA coach. So I'm almost positive that they've all been, for the past two Olympics, they've been together. So obviously close. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Jason Tatum. Now that would be, and maybe even Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, whatever it may be, now that would be a petrifying start in five, and I think it's a very good possibility that this offseason. I think Danny Ainge is going to rob the Pelicans of Anthony Davis because of the value depleting down and Dell Demps not accepting any of the deals from the Lakers for him. Obviously, the Celtics unable to make that deal due to Kyrie Irving's contract and the collective bargaining. Like I said, it's bad business. And uh, on the subject of that, Dell Demps being fired... Basically, LeBron James and his sports agent, Rich Paul, got that guy fired. I mean, LeBron basically screaming for help from his agent, saying hey, you gotta tell Anthony to opt out of his contract. Uh, I've just gotten to demand a trade, and it, it's an absolute mess. Dell Demps was put in a lose-lose position, because even if you tra- if you trade him, you're not getting that much value back for him. Because Angel's gonna rob you, because he knows that no one else can give you that much value. It's what you're. I mean, Angel's only going to be willing to pay whatever's just above market value. He's not going to go above and beyond just because he can. He's only going to go just above market value to out to beat out whoever else and get him for the is for the least that he has to give up. It, it's basic business, and Danny Ainge is a businessman, He's a smart man, and LeBron basically begging for help. Dell Demps not committing to the deal. Uh, New Orleans ownership wanting him out of town, getting the value then because that was the, be- the the Lakers was the best value they were going to get because, like I said, Danny Ainge is going to rob him come the offseason. So Dell Demps, unfortunately, getting the boot. Regardless of who's in that office come the offseason, like I said, the Celtics are going to rob them blind. And LeBron James and in the Rich Paul and that sports agency. Really taking this one on the chin, leaking all that information. Probably, you know, th- obviously the sports agency, I'm assuming, because Anthony Davis coming out to say, I never said that the Celtics weren't on my list. Uh, besides the dad coming out to say, once the dad came out and said, I don't want my son playing for them, obviously people started to think that it reflected upon Anthony Davis not wanting to play for them. On top of it, this I think the sports agency, uh, Rich Paul, LeBron James, Had a pretty good deal to do with the leaking coming out of a lot of the information, obviously. um, And leaking the fact that Anthony Davis didn't want to play in Boston. Which was false. Which was fake news. Just to try and get him to LA. I don't know. Maybe I'm a a spitball in here. Speculation. But that's what I think you're looking at there. Uh, Anthony Davis was slapped with that $50,000 tampering fine. the max fine for tampering, which is incredible. That's pocket change to these guys. At that point, you can go out and say whatever you want. What's $50,000 to these guys? They're going to say what they want. It really does nothing to prevent it. So Celtics, it may not be their year this year. I still think right now they're going to catch fire. Um, it's its not panic mode yet. If they don't, it might be panic mode time. But then again, don't don't fret, don't panic because you're about to make a run for not only just Anthony Davis, I believe possibly Kevin Durant. Like listen, these guys are human. They're friends. They're, they're like I said, they're teammates. They're all close. Just because they're talking at the All-Star game doesn't mean they're all like businessmen trying to sell a deal, trying to get out and play golf with their boss to pitch this new idea. It's not that's not how it works. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't it didn't go on, it doesn't go on. It does. But in a sense, these guys are still human too. They still have relationships and they still have friendships, with these guys that they've played a lot of basketball with. So it's not all it's all hearsay. It's all speculation. You don't really exactly know what's going on. Not every reason to come out screaming and hollering about it because obviously the tampering fines, even though they mean so little. But it'll only it'll only come down to what happens this offseason. But that those that was just my thoughts on that. Next up, I want to talk about J.B. Holmes' pace of play at the Genesis Open. So if golf already wasn't drawing enough viewership as it was, and if you think that this is an issue for viewership with the game of golf, let's bore them even more. So not not only are we going to bore them with the slow pace of play, we're then going to proceed to talk about the slow pace of play. And you're worried about viewership. Now, if J.B. Holmes doesn't win this tournament, are we even talking about it? There is not a chance. There was a seven-hour weather delay on Thursday at the beginning of round one, which screwed up the entire tournament, not just for J.B. Holmes, but for the entire field of golfers. It delayed basically the entire thing. Guys were having to play 36 holes on the same day, 20-plus holes. Me, personally, walking 18... I'm 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 feeling it. It was a workout, not an incredible workout. You know, I'm not sweating bullets here, depending on like how hot it is. But you know, it's a pretty good workout to walk 18. Your golf game at the end of that 18 is nowhere near where it was at the beginning. You don't have as much juice. Never mind having to go play 27 or go to play 36 holes in a day. You're gonna be gassed walking that. Even the pros, as much golf as they do play. That's obviously going to slow down playing its own. And that affects everyone there. That weather affected every golfer there. And uh, Adam Scott came out and said that we know that JB is a is a slower player. It didn't affect us. And that it's not going to change until sponsors and television and all that come knocking on the door to say, Listen, we're going to stop giving you money. Let's start speeding it up. I would love to watch shortened golf events. I would love to watch, uh, we'll mention baseball too, shortened baseball games. But if you put a pitch clock, you're going to change the complexity of the game. You put a shot clock on a guy playing golf, it, it, it is an issue, but I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know how you fix it. it. It's tough because it changes the entire base of the game. Golf is based off of respect. It's based off of class. And, and if you're just to take away the, the way, the speed at which a guy wants to play, it's hitting into 25-mile power wins... 25 mile power gust. Obvious it's going to change the way he plays. I mean, the, the people, I'm sure the people that are complaining about this are the guys that will take a year and a day to line up a three-footer when they're playing a dollar a hole. Yet the purse for this one was $7.4 million at Riviera. And we're going to bitch and moan about it. But when you're playing for a dollar a hole, you're not giving the guy, the other two some uh, relief in the fairway for a plugged ball, and you're going to take an hour to line up a three-footer that you should just be tapping in. But you have an issue with the way the J.B. Holmes played in 25 mile per wins, trying to win 7.4 million. I understand it took five and a half hours. That's a, that's a long time on a Sunday. Listen, pace of play for the amateur golfer, for me at least, when I suck, I pick up. You, you don't hold up the group behind you. You pick up, and then most likely you let them play through because you're having a tough day. Pros are out there looking in the woods that they just they just shanked one in the woods to the right, and they're spending a year looking for it and holding up the group behind them. They have people that do that for them. That's not pace of play to them. It's shot creating, shot, shot shaping, weather, cor- course, the way the course is playing, all of the above. So sorry for seven point four million. Sorry if the guy takes a little extra time shaping the shot, and guys are a little tired because they have to play. 20-plus holes in a day. I mean, I just think it's crazy. And we're still talking about it. If, it, if it, People know he's a slower golf. If it continues to be an issue, then something might have to be... Maybe it does have to be done in the long run. But for me personally, the guy's trying to play for $7.4 million. The conditions are shitty. He's already had to play more... They had to play the end of the third round, the beginning of the fourth round, as it is... There's gonna be time constraints there. Even I mean, the final round itself took five and a half. But I mean, with the way the weather and everything and the delays, it was not gonna be great as it was. It was it was it had already taken a hit right off the bat with that seven hour weather delay. Um, JB Holmes is the scapegoat for the, all that because he's been known to be a slower player, and now this is the people's chance to bring this up to the PGA and try to make to get them to change this. I just I just don't see it. I just don't see it at all. And if you want to bore the viewership more, just keep talking about it. And next up, Steelers will work to trade Antonio Bryant. Antonio Bryant had a sit-down with Steelers owner, Art Rooney, to discuss his future with the team. And they have now made, made an agreement to work to trade Antonio Brown away. Now, obviously, they're going to try and keep him out of the AFC North. Try Probably try and keep him out of the AFC. So, what are the options uh, for Antonio Brown? Where, where are the best fits? The, the the Bears were a possibility. The Cardinals, a possibility. 49ers, a possibility. Oakland Raiders, a possibility. Like I said, if if they trade him to the New England Patriots, it's like just it's literally handing over candy to the bully. Handing, it's literally handing your lunch over to the bully. You're not even putting up a fight at that point. All the torture brought to you by the New England Patriots, missing the playoffs last year, and you're just gonna hand over your best weapon. And you don't forget, you didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year, you're losing Le'Veon Bell too. I get James Conner performed last year, but James Conner is no Le'Veon Bell. Maybe you're better off because Le'Veon Bell didn't play last year, you might be out of shape. Whatever. But losing Antonio Brown, arguably one of the top receivers, top three receivers in the NFL. Not a great look. So where's the best fit for him to end up? Now you put him with Cliff Kingsbury and Josh Rosen. You give jo- you give Antonio Brown the Josh Rosen and the guy that's so good with the quarterback position and Cliff Kingsbury having coached uh, Patrick Mahomes, having uh, done some tutelage with Baker Mayfield as well, a couple of different guys. It definitely get it. That definitely could be a good fit. Uh, you get it with John Gruden in Oakland. They definitely have the draft picks. They definitely have the value to bring in Antonio Brown there. So you go from Amari Cooper to Noah Amari Cooper to Antonio Brown. And then a bunch of other first-round draft picks. Definitely adding some value to so Gruden able to build his team with the guys he wants from the ground up. Or the 49ers with Jimmy G, which would really, I think, set them on the top. I think it, I, I, that was so sad last year when Jimmy G went down with the 20s. Y'all. I was really looking forward to see the way this kid could play, being this stud quarterback. Then he went without with a porn star, and then weeks later tore an ACL. Went downhill fast for Jimmy G and the Niners, but if you were to add Antonio Brown this offseason, Jerick McKinnon coming back from that torn ACL, uh, you definitely found something in Matt Breida as well. I think the, the Niners under Kyle Shanahan would be a force to be reckoned with, and I think that would be the best spot for Antonio Brown. You got Jimmy G. I think that's your best bet at quarterback right now. Uh, of the interested teams. Uh, the Bears would be nice. I don't know how much cap room they're going to have. They're willing to take on that contract. But you put them with Trubisky and Nagy, that'd be nice. But really just with Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G in that offense, it would really take it over the top. And I think the 49ers would be the best fit for Antonio Brown. And also in the same discussion of the top receivers in the NFL, Odell Beckham being shopped around a bit. And the New England Patriots are a possible destination. Also, the same team that's named above uh, the Niners. The Raiders, obviously, in talks to them as well. But if the New England Patriots were able to get their hands on one of these guys, um, like I guess I don't think it's going to be Antonio Brown. I don't think the Steelers will trade him in even into the uh, AFC. But if Odell is to be shipped to the Pats, that could be... I mean, Tom Brady's not getting any younger. As well as he continues to play and defy... Science defy the laws of age, defy it all, defy all odds. He's not getting any younger. There's not a legitimate fountain youth. As long as, as far as I know, maybe Brady has discovered that and is holding out from the world. I don't know, but in turn, it's impossible for him to get younger. There, he was born a certain year. It's a certain year now. He's getting older, not getting younger. Odell Beckham. A guy that he can just, when in doubt, throw it up to him, and odds are he's coming down with it. Remember this guy uh, by the name of Randy Moss? Yeah, he he, he played in New England for a little bit. Yeah, set the single-season touchdown reception record. Huh. Uh, Brady set the single-season uh, passing touchdown record. Huh. Odell would have that same effect. Listen, Belichick's not getting any younger either. So it might be a go for seven right now. Because they're both coming to their end. And I, I mean, I think it's a, I mean football fans would hate this. I mean, I'd like to see it. But like, real football fans I think would like to see it. But like, these big homers and passionate fans would hate to see it. I mean, imagine Odell. Uh, I mean, I definitely think they have the cap room. I mean, it's not like they're spending a lot of it elsewhere. I mean, you have Hightower. You got a couple of like defensive linemen as a guy. Flowers, guys to sign to extensions like that. But I still think you'd have room to bring in Odell for at least a year or two before dealing him away and towards probably a back-heavy contract. But that is all the time I have today for you guys. I hope you enjoyed. it. Definitely a good variety on today's podcast, between the NBA, the PGA Tour, um, the NFL, and baseball as well. Uh, new Madden Career Mode video is out. Uh, the Detroit Lions franchise mode episode two, Liverpool Career Mode episode two, also out. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rufus Rundown, Instagram at Rufus Rundown. We're now available on iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please be sure to subscribe. Go to the YouTube, like the videos, and also subscribe. But it's boy Rufus signing off. Yeah.